Hello, and welcome back for episode three of The Blending Corner, the podcast that talks all things blended learning. Today, we will be discussing the benefits and drawbacks of blended learning. I am your host, Ashley, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Daniel and Lena. How are you guys doing today? I am fantastic. I spent most of the day doing homework. <laughs> I took a Always fantastic fun. too if I had a day off. <laughs> oh yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really call this a day off, but yes, it, it, it was a day off from teaching. Ashley and I have our days off tomorrow though, so. Yes, so yeah. we'll, we'll get that little bit of a break to work on things around school because that's just the life of a teacher. Happens yep. at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In today's episode, we are going to talk about some of the benefits and drawbacks of blended learning, like Ashley mentioned. So to start off with the benefits of blended learning, um, it's one of the big benefits is that it gives students ownership over their own learning, meaning that students have opportunities to choose from different pathways uh, to help reach their learning goals. And the teacher acts more as a facilitator um, in these moments as they are participating in the online portion. Um, And we found a quote from Holland that says, true blended learning affords students not only the opportunity to gain both content and instruction via online as well as traditional classroom means, but also an element of authority over this process. How do you guys think that plays a role um, within your classrooms today? I I was uh, thinking a lot about this quote as we were preparing for the episode and how I definitely see that happening. Um, When we were doing the remote learning, especially, students had the opportunity to sort of pick what applications they were using. They could pick how often they were using certain certain applications and they they chose how they responded to certain things in Seesaw. Um, It really felt like that I was, it was hard for me because I felt like I was less in control, but it was an interest, it was interesting to see how students responded differently to certain aspects of my classroom during the remote. And I think, I think you hit a good point there um, with the less in control piece, because I think that's sometimes a hard piece for teachers to kind of grasp on is that control that they kind of have to let the students go a little bit. Um, So I just thought that was something important that you mentioned. Yeah. And I think this piece is really good for students who tend to be more defiant in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I think this is a great way to give them by giving them ownership and choice. They feel more in control of their own learning. Whereas you're going to have less behavior problems than if you're telling them everything to do, when to do it, how to do it. Those kids don't really like that. But when you give them some ownership over their own learning, what they can choose, what they can't choose, obviously you're still kind of facilitating it. Yeah. But just that piece where they get some access to developing their own educational path, I think gives, makes them feel empowered and actually helps them buy into the classroom learning more than just traditional learning. And I think for the teachers that are really scared of like, oh my goodness, what, uh, you know, it's, it's, I have kindergartners, I'm going to all of a sudden just let them run loose on a computer and expect them to suddenly meet learning outcomes. That's not exact. That's not, that's not what we're saying. You know, you obviously are providing them with a few specific choices. Like, for example, it could be an assignment about visualization 
in your reading. The student could either draw a picture of what they visualized in the story, or they could create a video in Seesaw describing what they, the picture that they got in their mind as they were listening to the story. Those are the kind of choices that we're talking about. And it really helps for students that can, they, they just don't fit into a particular box in traditional face-to-face -face formats. Yeah, and another big benefit of blended learning is that it helps prepare students for the future and real life skills. So as we are using blended learning in our classroom, we need to be looking to the future and preparing students instead of just continually using these traditional teaching practices. And yes, maybe they've worked for this long in the history of teaching, and that's great, but the world is constantly changing around us and we need to prepare students for that. So by using technology and blended learning skills, we are going to be able to teach them social emotional skills, time management skills, um, and self-sufficiency. So that way they can be successful in the real world as they get older, because in the real world, no one is going to be sitting there telling them, okay, you've got five minutes left. You need to be doing this X, Y, Z. This kind of gives them some freedom to monitor their selves and their own learning, which will be very helpful in the future. And just one more thing to add to that, especially in regards to technology, right? Like you get your first job and you're like, whoa, I have all, like, how do I do these things? Right. I haven't had to implement technology um, as much in my life, but as we, uh, hopefully transition to classrooms um, all over that incorporate more blended learning, we will see more successful adults also in the work field because they will have been practicing these skills for so long. So I kind of wanted to jump back a little bit to what something that we had mentioned before about how teachers may be a little bit nervous about adapted, adapt, uh, implementing blended learning into their classroom because they are more, they're more familiar with traditional methods of teaching. Um, blended learning has the ability to be adapted using traditional teaching methods, but through technology. Uh, according to the study done by Anthony in 2019, uh, he said that the best teaching practices from traditional classrooms do in fact have a substantial impact on student learning in blended elementary classrooms. So for example, uh, certain methods like including a uh, demonstrating flexibility and responsiveness, um, using, an ass using assessment and instruction, and actively engaging students in learning tasks. Those are all things that can be translated to technology with teachers if they are willing to take the risk to try. Yeah, and it kind of eases them into it, like you were saying, Dan, and I think it makes it easier to implement and then you can move on to higher levels of technology integration and teaching through blended learning but this is a great intro to bringing it into the classroom yeah um, and there's there's many different there's many different strategies that uh, teachers can start with uh, right away and the best way for teachers that are nervous with uh, trying blended learning is to start with just a 10 to 15 minute station within their 
within their guided reading or literacy workshop block and give them a just start out with an adaptive program and use that for just 10 to 15 minutes and see how that works and use the data from there to help you get more and more dip your toes more and more into the water as it were. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, another big benefit of blended learning is the ability for teachers to really differentiate instruction and hit every single student's zone of proximal development, which we all know both of those things are huge buzzwords in education right now for good reason. And I actually think that the blended learning classroom allows us to do both of these easier because, you know, the zone of practical development, we know that's where the magic of learning happens. It's the space between what a student can do completely on their own and what they can do with, like, they just can't do, right? right. So we mm -hmm. want to have, give them some scaffolds, give them some supports to help them really learn and grow. And then by using blended learning, we can differentiate there's the students work so that they're not only meeting our general learning targets, but they're operating within their individual zone of proximal development. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the ZPD right after I talked about the uh, adaptive programs, because like programs like Lexi and iReady, they can have uh, negative connotations as well as positive connotations to them it just it's a matter of how teachers are using them if they're using them in a very targeted way using them in like a 10 to 15 minute center they are able to get some good data as long as they're actively monitoring their students and making sure that they're actually staying on task they can get good data from their responses and see what that zpd is so then they can meet help meet students where they are in small group instruction. So now guys, let's get into discussing some of the drawbacks or the perceived drawbacks of blended learning. And I know a big one that people talk about is that there's limited research on the uses and effectiveness of blended learning in the early elementary classroom. Yeah, um, that, th that same study that Anthony did in 2019, uh, critics point to the fact that there is virtually no evidence that blended learning works in K-12 settings. Um, however, you know, while there are varying opin opinions on whether blended learning is more effective on, effective on increasing student learning outcomes, there's also no study showing that it is less effective than traditional learning formats. Yeah, I think it has to do with, um, right, like if you're going to, how long have people doing it to see if it is working, right? And yeah. I think that goes back to the teacher's reservations about actually implementing the blended learning aspect um, and giving up that control. So part of it, I think a big reason is that the classroom management piece, like we mentioned before, and I think, Ashley, you were saying how... Um, it, when you give those choices, it gives a student, maybe a student who is more defiant, they, they feel like they have a choice, they have an option, and that they're in control of their learning. Um, so as the same thing with anything, whether it's blended learning or not, you have to have those strong routines and systems in place. Um, because if not, they, they won't be successful, but that's just in any classroom, really. Right. Um, we read some information from an article 
um, on students' perspective of using digital badges in blended learning, and the authors um, believe that the learning cannot be recognized without monitoring the learning process and worry that the effectiveness of learning cannot be guaranteed outside of class. So this has become a barrier to the promotion of blended learning. Um, but I feel like that kind of goes with the drawback and you, one of the benefits, like we were saying, like Lexi, are I ready? Um, if they do that monitoring piece of it, then they can see the true outcome. But if that monitoring piece isn't happening, which if people are hesitant to it, it doesn't necessarily, um, it kind of takes, it doesn't really work as it should. Absolutely. Right. Like mean, with, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Cause I mean, to go with what Lena was saying, if teachers aren't open-minded in adapting the blended learning model, it can't be successful because you're not as the teacher fully invested yeah. just like how the students can't be successful if they're not fully invested so if teachers are kind of skeptical or not really buying into it it's going to be unsuccessful so a lot of it has to deal with the teacher's attitude and students pick up on that even if you like they pick up on your body language they pick up how you feel about things yeah. so even if you're trying your best to be open-minded and almost fake it they they can still tell that you're not truly invested in it like you said so then they're like well if you're not invested in it why am I going to be should we? and <laughs> yeah. here's the other thing too like teachers shouldn't be so quick to like give up you know we try a lot of times we'll, we're quick to like try something really new 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 and then realize that it's not exactly what we were expecting and then we just sort of stop doing it after like a couple weeks and with anything even in education you have to like see how it works over time. You have to try it and adapt here and there and keep at it um, or else you're not going to see the effectiveness of it. You're just going to see that, oh, I tried it one time or a couple times and it just really wasn't for me. So I'm done. Right. Do you guys think that um, part of the teacher's um, issue maybe with the districts don't provide correct or adequate or necessary resources and training on how to be successful at it yes oh, yeah absolutely yep and I also think that part of that issue too is that districts don't provide enough teacher input either Ooh, they, yeah. you know what I mean because like if if teachers feel like it's just something coming from the top down then they're also going to not buy in either mm -hmm. and so like one of the things that I liked about that, that our district did is they utilized other teachers in the district to help roll out the remote learning plan uh, by having them be a part of um, our virtual learning. What was it called? The, um, the summit. The summit. Yeah, the summit. And I thought that was very helpful for teachers because they saw their peers buying into it and, and ha being a part of it. And so they felt like they had input and they felt valued. I think more districts need to do things like that. They need to utilize their teachers to be a part of the process and it will be more six. The implementation will be more successful that way. And teachers that we trust, right? So that kind of goes back to the students um, and trusting us with it. If they pick teachers that, maybe don't fully buy in, but they might be good presenters or they might have a lot of knowledge, but if they also don't fully believe in it, we're not going to fully believe in it because we can tell that it's fake from them too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, another big drawback of 
or perceived drawback of blended learning is that teachers could just use it to digitize and substitute traditional practices instead of innovating. So instead of focusing on, you know, the practices that could be universal, Mm -hmm. they're just really digitizing instead of, oh, I'm instead of doing a graphic organizer on paper, let's do it on a computer. Instead of doing a worksheet, we're going to do a digital worksheet. So, you know, Holland talks about how instead of filling up the teacher's inbox or their desk with packets and worksheets, students are kind of doing the exact same thing online. And, you know, instead of posting homework on the board, teachers are just putting it on a digital news feed. And that, I mean, that's true. And that's a very basic level of blended learning. And where the challenge comes in is moving beyond that because doing things digitally is not bad. You just don't want to only be digitizing what you're already doing. And, and, here's, right. the th- and here's the thing too, like, so in our other, so the other class that we are taking that's in, uh, in sync with this class that we're doing this podcast for, we're also currently looking at the triple E framework. And one of the webinars that we are viewing uh, about triple E framework, uh, Dr. Cobb, Kolb, how do you pronounce her name? I think Kolb. Kolb. Uh, she references how it's not the amount of technology that you're using in your classroom that's going to be successful. It's how you're doing it. It's the science behind education. So just putting a bunch of your activities online is not going to make necessarily make your blended learning, your blended classroom successful. It's going to be how you're implementing it, what you're doing, how you're observing it, how you're facilitating, uh, and how authentic and how engaging you're making it for the kids that's really going to drive how successful your classroom is. Yeah, and speaking to, you know, using the triple E framework, using another model such as the SAMR model or substitution, augmentation, modification, and redefinition, we just really want to be thinking deeper about how we are introducing blended learning into the classroom and avoiding those base levels and kind of getting to a higher level of integration. Mm-hmm. But, you know, substitution is a great place to start for people who are a little bit more nervous just to kind of get their feet wet. Yeah. The goal would it is eventually for teachers to be creating new learning tasks that would be otherwise unavailable in a traditional mo- in a traditional model, which is if we're talking about the other framework, which is the triple E that goes into the enhancement, you're enhancing the learning and creating something new as opposed to just doing the same old, but on a computer. I would just say also to go along with all that, even though some of these drawbacks, um, kind of like Ashley mentioned, perceived drawbacks, right? Um, So it's just interesting and kind of taking a different lens on things. So although there are some drawbacks, there are also some solutions to those drawbacks, right? We just have to really start um, informing people of the benefits and how it can really start to change our students to kind of hope that, yes, these may be initial drawbacks, but actually we can turn them into things that can work for us. Yeah, basically what we are saying is that we do believe in blended learning. Yeah. <laughs> we just want we just want you to make you aware of some of the things that you may run into when trying to take this journey on undertaking a blended classroom.
Yeah. Absolutely. And thank you all for hanging out with us today as we discussed the benefits and the drawbacks of using the blended learning model in the early elementary classroom. Next episode, we will begin discussing some of the ways to use blended learning in your classroom. And remember, if you're not blending, your classroom is ending.